Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Peter Ward with us. He's been active in paleontology, biology, and more recently astrobiology for more than 40 years. Since his Ph.D. in 1976, he has published more than 140 scientific papers dealing with paleontology, zoology, astros, and topics like that. He's an acknowledged world expert on mass extinctions and the role of extraterrestrial impacts on the planet. His book is called Under a Green Sky, and here he is back on Coast to Coast. Peter, a pleasure to have you, my friend. How are you? George, how are you, and are you staying healthy? I am staying healthy. I am confined in Missouri, where I am right now, but uh, doing the shows and uh, can't wait for this planet to get back to some kind of activity again. I think people are starting to feel the tension, Peter. What do you think? They are, but I start looking at small bits of hope. And, George, I've never, ever in my life seen Venus. You had Dr. Sky on. Venus was putting on a greater display of lights in the sky than any planet I've ever seen. In the West, as the sun goes down, it's so bright up there. and It's just kind of like a hopeful aspect. It's a beacon. We're going to get through this. We're I think so, forward. too. It'll be, it's, it's a tough one, but we're going to make it. And uh, I, I'm very hopeful that we're going to make it. And we're going to be stronger as people, I think, after we get through this. To be sure. I agree with you. I agree with you. And it's interesting what the virus is doing. The Earth, as you mentioned in the, in the preamble here, the Earth has changed itself. We're all inside, and we have less seismic activity. Fewer cars, fewer rumbling factories. The Earth is quiet. I had a story last week that said that the planet isn't, like, vibrating as much as it used to. Is that because everybody's staying home and things just aren't working? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not only people staying home. I think mining has stopped. Fracking has stopped. The pumping of groundwater for big factories has stopped. We have just shut the mechanism down. Well, in a moment, I've got a client coming on that's going to talk about uh, filtration of air. But this is amazing because the planet's been cleaning itself up right now. It definitely has. And nature has noticed. We're seeing lots of animals. And I just noticed the first time that bears are making a reappearance almost everywhere. They're going, well, where are the cars? And it's just the fact that cars scare animals. Uh, I live in a rural area. I imagine you are close to one, too. Fewer cars, animals are changing behavior. So, again, I'm looking for the good side of this. I think we're going to come through this, all of us with a better appreciation of nature. But what happens when we go back to work full tilt again? Well, I wonder if we will go back full tilt. For instance, my wife, who works so hard, she goes to the office, she's there every day at 8, she comes home at 6. And for the first time, her boss is saying, you know, maybe we should be working at least one or two days at home. It's kind of that, that realization that perhaps we can slow down a little bit. If we can pull through this with that sense, it's not the greatest victory we could think here, George. Well, you know, this is kind of funny you say that, Peter, because uh, I know someone who owns a small business here in the St. Louis area, and, you know, his people have been home for about a month working out of their homes individually, and he's beginning to wonder, why should I pay rent for a little office building when everybody's working out of their house and I'm still getting things done? Yep. Well, that's a very good point. The question I have, and the question a lot of business people have, can you be as efficient in a home office? 
Because at least for me, George, I mean, I'm home. I am confined to my house now. My University of Washington, we've shut down. And so I've been housebound, but I guess, I guess I'm an inward person. I've been writing. I haven't noticed it to the point, but I don't know if people can be as efficient, but maybe that's a good thing too. Maybe this thing is, again, let's look for the good side of this because I do agree the amount of tension and stress that is moving forward has actually instigated me to think of my next book is going to be called Stress and Natural History. The, the molecule that's making us feel this crazy actually first appeared 500 billion years ago. I mean, it's as if we have within a 747 an old piece of rusted bit of metal from 200 years ago running a beautiful airplane. We humans have this junky, terrible, old molecule that really affects us so importantly, and yet it's a very ancient, nasty piece of biology. Interesting. I got an email from one of our listeners, Peter, who says, I can't sleep anymore, George. Thank God for your show, because now at least I can listen to the whole program and then try to get to bed afterwards. But before that, I can't sleep. I'm just too stressed. I've got too much tension. I bet there's a lot of people, Peter, that way. They're just uptight, staying in the house all the time. They're going stir crazy. Yeah, I I guess I got the downside. We're seeing certainly more violence within families because there is some stir crazy going on. But again, I think a lot of people that I know are, are starting to read books for the first time in years. <laughs> there's, I'm, all of us are watching movies, and certainly we've all been looking at the crazy tiger show on Netflix. But it's also it's an interesting moment to think about biology because this virus is showing us the power of biology and the power of really evolution. Uh, the new studies, I'm sure you've seen them, it suggests it really can't be a bioweapon. We didn't build this. Nature built it. But the dangerous part, George, is that uh, our weapon people can look at how nature built this thing because it has some new components That's right. that really uh, do make this a very scary, weaponizable Well, I've got my own suspicions about what the Chinese might have been doing with this. It's just, to me, I I don't believe in coincidences, Peter. I think things happen for a reason. And the fact that this apparently started in Wuhan, China, and they do have a viral lab there, oh, man, I don't know. Yeah, I've been looking hard at that. I spent the day because I know this question would come up today. And there's certainly coincidences are terrible things to have to explain away. And they did have that. It's, it's not just a, a lab. It's a lab that can handle viruses of, of the most dangerous kind. But again, it really does look like it came from a bat. But it's also got this really interesting component, the pangolins, this strange mammal that has these great big heavy scales. There are pieces of the virus the COVID-19 that has what looks like little pieces of bits from a virus that comes from a pangolin. So I spent the day trying to figure out, could a pangolin eat a bat or a bat eat a pangolin? And really neither could happen. And yet we we know that genes can jump and a little piece of a virus from a pangolin has gotten into a virus from a bat and was eaten by a human. And George, this started with one 
virus one human yep. one day, and there off she ran. Oh, that's what concerns me, Peter, because even if this diminishes, and I don't think it's going to ever diminish to the point of zero, because even the seasonal flu never does that. We still get our 60,000 poor humans in this country dying every year. But if they get to the point where they say, we've got it under control, we're getting back to normal, what's to say it's not going to fester again? Well, the question is, what's to say that by fester, I think you could also um, put the word in evolve, because it is uh, a series of mutations that made this darn thing get as bad as it did. And also, again, genes are not locked up. Genes jump from place to place, from creature to creature. Could it get worse? Could it get better? I mean, this is already a, a terrifying little virus. I, I looked into what it does, how it gets in. What makes this virus unique? It has apparently a, a little bit of protein scissors. It's essentially just like scissors. It gloms onto you from those little spikes. It then has a protein which cuts open the cell and gets in and then reproduces. It hijacks the interior of the cell and off it goes. But the strangest thing, George, in World War II, airplanes would drop shaft. They would hide from radar by dumping tons and tons of little pieces of paper, tinfoil. This virus was so terrifying about it, it covers itself with amino acids, but it covers itself, more importantly, with sugar. Big pieces of sugar covered over. The immune system of the creature invaded can't see it. It's hiding. This is the new wrinkle that's making this thing so scary and so lethal. Does a virus have a brain, Peter? I mean, does it think? Uh, no, it certainly doesn't. But one of my favorite people in the world, another scientist at the University of Washington, um, the man who really said that life probably started in the deep sea vents, told me once that, you know, we think we run the world. The viruses run everything. No single virus can ever have a thought. But viruses as a gigantic superorganism, we have no idea what those things are doing. And it's kind of a terrifying thought. All things considered, let's say we have two people standing next to each other and somebody comes by and they have the virus and they breathe on person number one and they breathe on person number two. But person number one never gets it. That doesn't come down with any symptoms, just doesn't get it. Person number two comes down with the virus. Why? Well, person number one may have breathed it, went into the lungs. It hit a cell within the lungs itself that was perhaps sick or perhaps this person smokes or it's bad air around them. But the immune system around that cell isn't up to snuff. Virus gets in, cuts it open. There you go. Person number two, younger perhaps or stronger or just random chance, the virus lands on a cell or a series of cells because it would be not one virus but many but it hits cells that can defend themselves. Uh, the virus is killed, nothing happens. Just you're playing roulette quite often with biology. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.